Yes, you are back with another episode. You're back, I'm back. I'm back with another episode of The Checkup. My name's Brenton. I get to sit down with friends and talk to them about their childhoods. <coughs> Pardon me. All the cool stuff they did. How that flows onto their adulthood. Uh, today is pretty special because I am talking to somebody that I have known for, oof, I want to say 15 years. Uh, we met online. Uh, we shared a very passionate love of Ghostbusters. Mr. Oliver, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good man. Thank you. Made that sound a bit homoerotic, but, you know. Well, you know, that's okay. We can do that every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2021. It is. It is. And we're adults. We do what we want. Exactly. So, yeah, you are on the other side of the planet. I am. Like, the power of uh, yeah. internet and discord. Uh, <laughs> we are communicating over the internet. Whereabouts in the world are you for people? I am in a sunny Oxfordshire in in England, in the United Kingdom. Ah, wonderful. How's <laughs> it all going over there? How's the uh, the thing that shan't be named? How's that treat? Uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, we've we've pretty much gone back to the 1980s with Northern Ireland, and looks like we're starting off a new version of the IRA. But yeah, it's it's all wonderful, mm. wonderful, lovely, <laughs> lovely, mate. All right, what'd you have for lunch, dude? Uh, lunch was chicken and well, chicken, cheese, and barbecue sauce in a wrap. Lovely. And you made that yourself? I did indeed. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I, I, something about chicken, I can put it on anything. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm cooking. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, but the, the thing is, chicken and cheese is a new one for me. Like, I've only recently discovered chicken and cheese together. We're, it's always got to be with barbecue sauce and maybe occasionally a bit of mayonnaise. What, but so what, what sort of cheese yeah. do you usually grab? Uh, no, it depends. Uh, normally a cheddar, uh, maybe a get like an Irish cheddar. That's just really strong. That's nice. Or um, red Leicester. Sometimes, if I'm feeling a bit funky, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love a bit of Swiss. I do like a bit of Swiss yeah. Cheese. Swiss cheese is good. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, we met on a Ghostbusters website. Oh, was it a forum? It was a forum, wasn't it? It was a forum, yeah. And it yeah. was it was basically role-play Ghostbusters fan fiction. Is that am I thinking of that right? Yeah, I, I'd say so. It was kind of, it was a bit weird because there's like a there was definitely a fan fiction role-play kind of side to it, but then you had the prop building and the kind of real life side of it all as well. Okay. Um so I remember you with all your cardboard builds and stuff. You got pretty damn good at all those in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't stop, did I? I kept going. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then little Flinny had Now it's like armoured suits. Yeah. <clears throat> the um, yeah, because Ghostbusters International is what it was called, and yeah, a guy called Rich. Based off of. Sorry, go on. A guy called Rich was running it, I think. Yeah, Rich Richard Roy. Richard Roy. Uh, yeah, I, st I, 
speak, I wouldn't, well, maybe not speak to him every now and then, but I've still got him on Facebook and keep in touch sort of occasionally. Yeah, right. So I remember I, I created a whole, uh, my whole Austra- Ghostbusters Australia sort of thing and, um, Charlie Richter. Charlie Richter. And it's an, it's still on my, oh. still on my flight suit. Richter is still there. That's, is it? Yeah, that's nice. That's the name that's on the suit. I have got a Porter's patch. I should, um, I should have mixed wait, it up. Wait, wait. Did you say it was Richter? Richter. Oh, all these years I read it as Richter. Okay, now it's Richter, like Richter scale. Uh, that's just me being an idiot. But yeah, all these years, man, that's like 15 years of me thinking it was Richter, but it's Richter. <laughs> ah, Richter, yeah, it's got the T. My, it? my life has just changed. Oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to uh, assist in uh, life changes. <laughs> Absolutely happy. And then, yeah, like, I remember we I used to draw all the pictures and I think I did a little like fan picture of yourself and a few other characters. And, yeah, um, yeah. Man, that was a great time. Oh. And then we moved over <laughs> it to... It really was much simpler. <laughs> it was heaps simpler. Um, <laughs> then we moved over to GB fans, I think. Uh, and yeah. The whole, whole fan fiction site sort of fell to the wayside. I don't know if it really continued on. Um, yeah, well, I think the website still exists at Ghostbusters International, but I don't think it's anything like it was. Um, I I never really got along with GB fans. Um, it was an odd place. Just because, yeah, well, I'm going to be controversial now, but some of, there was a few uh, power mad mods and admins and stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. So I, I didn't hang around there very much. Uh, especially when some of my friends, just for having opinions that didn't match the mods and admins, ended up getting banned and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I I put up with it for for a while. Uh, then ultimately, I remember the big thing that pushed me over the edge was I don't know if you remember, um, there was these plans for the slime blower, mm. and they were being like held back. I found out for some reason and these people weren't giving it to everybody. They were just keeping it for themselves and then they got leaked or something. So we all managed up to okay. get, get them. It was about the time that I was building my pro, uh, my slime blower. It was about that time I was bu- building that. And um, I think I built the slime blower and then the plans come out. So I did pretty well to, uh, yeah, to, to how I went with building it. Um, and then I sort of went, ah, yeah, this place sucks. Yeah. Like, this place sucks. I've had enough. And um, <laughs> who'd have thought controversy in the Ghostbusters fan community? Oh, every goddamn community is, is like this. It's it's no. <laughs> I know. I know. It's no different. But like you said, there was a lot of strong personalities, and you know, the whole gatekeeping of um of the certain things was just madness. Uh, oh, we're all there to yeah. have fun. We're all there to have fun. Yeah. All right. Well. Before we get into like all the big questions, why, why don't we just talk about Ghostbusters for a little bit? Um, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, like, how did you? What's your earliest me- memory of Ghostbusters? Like, how did you? How did your love start? Probably, I mean, I've always watched the movies from as far back as I can remember, but um, I'd say real Ghostbusters, Slimer in particular, is probably my earliest memory um so like i said it's just something i i guess my mum put me in front of it one day on the tv and it's just been with me ever since all right we um i've got a lot of memory 
particularly when I was a younger kid, I've I've got a lot of memories of Ghostbusters two, but not so much the first one. Yeah, that, that's probably about yeah. right. So it, being the the what, 80, 89 it come out, so it's it makes sense that that <clears throat> oh man, it would make sense that that is uh probably the the memories for some people that would come up first because it was just it was sort of available at at that moment when we were ready to consume yeah. you know movies. That's true. I mean, this might hurt you a little bit, but I I wasn't born until 1990, so that's only like six years. Yeah, for me, it's catching. For me, it's catching them kind of a bit later on. I mean, you got to grow up in like the wake of the first movie, you know. Yeah, I was. I was born in '84, so I definitely grew up with it. Uh. My one claim to. Not claim to fame, but my one f- claim to Ghostbusters is that my birthday is on the original release date of uh, Ghostbusters, the first Ghostbusters. Oh, that's, um, something, that's something to hold on to, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, you get to celebrate that every year, so that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, no, Ghostbusters, it's special. I've met a lot of people through Ghostbusters just by the, the prop building and... Uh, all that sort of thing. I've made, yeah. some, I've made some good friends from that. Same with Star Wars. It's the same sort of story. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, like it's Star Wars as well. I, obviously, you hear a lot of talk online about toxic fandoms and all this sort of thing, but for the most part, they're all great. You know, there's just a, it's like with anything in life. There's just a small bunch that ruin it for everyone else. Yeah, but that's just what it is. Uh, yeah, that's that's it, man. Um, there's always that. Tiny little, tiny little cell of people that, that that shout the loudest, and usually, yeah, exactly. Some unfortunately, sometimes everyone gets tired with that brush because there's this one little group that is is, is shouting from the. Yeah, well, the, the days of Twitter and everything—you've just literally got one one bad post now represents the whole community. Yeah. Once it's shared on a platform like that, you know, it's, it just ruins it, man. Exactly. <laughs> All right, mate, take me back in time. I want to go and talk about uh, where you grew up, what your bedroom was like, all that sort of fun stuff. Well, I mean, if we go right back, like, I could stick in with Ghostbusters. I've, I've literally, Ghostbusters has been my whole life. I can remember as far back as I can remember. It's just playing with Ghostbusters toys. But that bedroom then, until... That was uh, mostly decorated in Thomas the Tank Engine, to be honest with you. (laughs) My parents made the really, (laughs) really um, bad choice of allowing me to choose the colour of my room. Yeah, I got to pick the colour too. uh, The the walls in my room ended up being lime green. Uh, No shit. (laughs) That's what mine was. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it was definitely a a green colour, yeah. See, green's always my favorite color, always been my favorite color. And I don't know why I like lime green as a color. And so nine, ten year old me was like, we're painting these walls lime green. <laughs> and it didn't really fit with the Star Wars theme that kind of happened in my bedroom. But yeah, lime green walls, Star Wars clock. Um, I had Star Wars posters for. Um, A New Hope and Empire 
Uh, I didn't have a Return of the Jedi poster. That wasn't a choice. I just never found one. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't have them framed. They were just blue tacked, blue tacked to the wall, you know. Okay. Yeah. Then you had a very, very simple wardrobe and my my bed in there, which um, we got. Well, one of, one of our friends um, had a free double bed going, so I got my I got a double bed when I was like. 10 that was awesome at the time it felt huge <laughs> and i currently um, i'm sleeping in a single bed and i'm looking forward to the day when i upgrade <laughs> well don't don't just get a don't just get a double stand uh, not, not double standard a standard double bed go go for like queen or king size oh, or yeah, something no, like no. Because... I'll, I'll be getting something a bit bigger i just uh yeah I've because been, i've been having you know these bed. days mar- married and everything and I love my wife, but the um, we've got a sort of standard double bed, and it doesn't leave a lot of space. No. And she likes she likes to move and likes to steal the duvet and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I think they all do. Yeah, they all secret. We're actually at the point. We're at the point now <laughs> where we've got our own our own duvets, our own. Yeah. yeah. No, it, honestly, it That's makes bad. sense. You, you just have your own. You, there's your there's your blanket. That's my blanket, and then we're happy. Pretty much, but I mean, to to be honest, it came around as a health thing. So my wife's got some health problems, and she's got this like, it's like a weighted thermal blanket thing, and it just helps with her. She gets muscle problems and things, and it helps with that. Okay. Um, so that's how what how it came about, really. But I just like to pretend that we did it because she kept stealing it. So. <laughs> Uh, so I can't be fair, but I can't, I can't, I can't lie. <laughs> in, in my first house in as um, in Didcot, I still live around Didcot now. Um, it's a, a railway town, as it's known. Um, not much else around. A little bit more these days. They've built a few things, nice things, but so did it. Yeah, well, I grew up, I grew up around the railway basically. <laughs> so with that. Connecting that to Thomas the Tank Engine, because I, I loved Thomas when I was little as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's special to a lot of kids. Was it was Didcot very similar to Isle of Sodor? Like, was it? did it have the same sort of feel? Uh, like- well, so Didcot's got... Um, I, the particular house I was just talking about, we moved when I was nine, but that, that house, sort of zero to nine, was uh, across the road from the train station. Um, or... I work on the railway, so I should say railway station because they can be very fickle about that. Um, that is but, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. But, um, yeah, so Dickcott Station used to have a big train shed. Uh, you know, it was big. There was two or three sheds there, and, they, you know, they stored a lot of the engines there and things. Um, all of that area is now a museum, so you go for a tunnel underneath the underneath the train station um and the museums at the back of it kind of thing um so i I grew up across the road from that and they did have thomas the tank engine events and things so you'd go go in the trains would have faces on and stuff so that was always yeah i was always doomed for it really (laughs) (laughs) that's good man we'll we'll talk about that later because there's definitely a link there from what i what I get into. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So you, when you're back there in that little house, what was the bedroom like? What, what, are, what are we looking at? Like around 10, 11. 
You said, you said oh, 10, 11. Okay. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, we'll start at 11. Yeah, yeah, so my 10, 11-year-old bedroom, because before we moved, I'd always shared a room with my brother, so I finally have my own room, you know. That room was very much Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, which is funny, really, because we did this thing at school um, around that time where we got to design our dream bedroom as a project. We had to make like a poster that talked about our dream bedroom and things. And I, I went very heavily down Jurassic Park route with that. And like everything was designed around Jurassic Park, but my real bedroom was Star Wars. <laughs> yep. Um, like I had a Star Wars clock on the wall. It was a print of the poster basically with a, uh, the original Star Wars poster with, um, a clock face stuck on the front of it. <laughs> but I remember that really well. My sister bought me that from one of my birthdays. Um, I remember my ninth birthday, uh, probably around the time we moved, my ninth birthday, I, I I, had a big birthday party and I ended up, uh, rather than presents, a lot of people seemed to just to sort of give me cash, which was very well received. <laughs> and... Me and my dad went on a big shopping spree in. So there's an alarm. My watch's alarm's going off. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, there was a big Toys R Us not far from us. So we went on a big shopping spree, Toys R Us, and literally came back with nearly 200 quid's worth of Star Wars stuff. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I'd bought myself. Um, do you guys have Argos over there? Is that a store you guys have? No. No, so it's, it's a weird one. You, you've got a catalogue, and you've got the shop front, which isn't very big, and the back is just basically a giant warehouse, and you choose what you want from the catalogue, and they go get it for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went, we went into Argos first, and I bought this, like, sh- so even at, even at um, sort of nine, ten years old, I'm... I'm working on the display thing, right? Because I bought a big shelving unit. Yep. Um, with some of my birthday money, and then we went. And so we went to Toys R Us, and I remember I got the Snow Speeder, uh, Darth Vader's Tie Fighter, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> just, I just got a load of stuff. Tuscan Raider. I'm trying to think just exclusively from that. Oh, there's an R2D2 figure that um, came with like the rock face from Tatooine when the Jarwals get him and it had like a little he had a little magnet on the bottom and there's a stick at the back of this little playset and you can roll him along using the magnet oh that's incredible <laughs> it, was only, it was only small but I used to love it yeah, I've never I never had a Jarwal so I used to replace the Jarwals from Tuscan Raiders yeah right I've never seen that little set I'm gonna have to look it up I he he talks as well, and the battery lasted for like a decade. It was <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it used to be one of my favorites. Just this little R two D two, but he was one of my favorite Star Wars toys. Do you have a uh, what's, what's that? Your early <clears throat> earliest like vivid memory from from back then? Oh man, what sort of? 10, 11 kind of age. Yeah, or, I, yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah. That's a fine age. Yeah, if you have like a, a vivid memory from really vivid memory. To, to be a bit depressing, it's actually um, just before we moved house around that time, my my cat got run over, <laughs> and that's kind of, that's probably my most vivid memory from around that time. 
but I'm going to try and find something a bit happier. Um, man, do you know what? As crazy as it is, probably the Star Wars toys. Like, yeah, I, I like I said, say, I bought yeah. that shelf and I used to make different displays. Um, and I changed them up every once in a while because I had quite a lot of Star Wars toys back then. Um, I, I used to change them up. So there was four shelves on there, I think. So I do... The bottom one was A New Hope. The second one was um, Empire. The third one up was Jedi. And then the top one was just kind of whatever I wanted to. Eventually that became episode one, but because yeah. um, I had a like, couple of Naboo starfighters and stuff, that was a great Christmas, man. <laughs> so um, I got... There was a, a bit of a miscommunication between my parents and my uh, my nan one Christmas. And I ended up with two Naboo Starfighters, one from each of them. And I think they were probably a bit worried, but I was just in love with the fact that I had two of the same fighter so I could do different things with them. Yeah, <laughs> a little fleet. So, yeah, exactly. The, the toy one had um, it's R2-D2 behind the cockpit, and I remember I painted the other one. I painted the blue sections red so that I had different, uh, different droids in them and stuff. Oh, that's... <laughs> Great I, still, you, I still love that. It's great when you can customize things and make them special. Uh, yeah, see that that shelf is pro- that shelf and the Star Wars toys displayed on it. It's probably got a lot to answer for in like how I am now with collecting and building stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, so how would you describe yourself as a child? Like, I don't know. I I used to. I was I was a bit, I was a sensitive kid, and um, sort of people honed in on that. I used to get picked on quite a bit at school for that. Yeah. Um, but I, but but I, I'd say I was happy, you know. Like my my parents always did what they could for us and stuff like that. Um, I I I don't. Yeah, I I was always happy. Lots the toys I could want, that sort of thing, you know. I used to spend a lot of time a lot of time um playing with my toys and making different scenarios and stuff. Like you know, I've got I've got two daughters now and um they they're not not to be mean to them, but they're not very good at the whole creative playing with toy thing. One of them, my my younger daughter, she's better than my older daughter for it, but they're not very good at the whole getting their toys and just making a scenario happen, you know. Um, whereas I used to, I could sit for hours and just do that kind of thing. Um, Ghostbusters, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, whatever it was, you know. Oh, it's it's funny you say that because when he probably is similar, he's not a real big city and play with toys on his own for a, you know imagination play i guess you could call it uh, yeah yeah it's it's not quite there for him is it either no oh batman toys as well actually batman toys were big for me when i was a kid the animated like series oh. toys or yeah well any of them really cuz yeah. it was around for me it would have been around the time of um the the keaton movie the great nine uh well i had some of the keaton stuff but for me growing up, it was more around the time of the uh, fantastic 90s Batman movies. Yeah. You know, those great films. Yep. 
<laughs> which at the time I thought were the bee's knees because you know I think they were kind of designed more around kids but and maybe dare I say designed around selling toys a little bit I think they, <laughs> I think they were I think that's yeah I remember when I was at this is going a little bit younger probably more like six seven but um, it's a similar story to one of your friends because I've been listening to your podcast and it's a similar story to one of your friends was telling uh, we had this massive tree on the playground and um, the tree was our bat cave because oh, it had like a little hole in it brilliant. and so the tree was our bat cave. we had our Batman toys and the tree was the bat cave um, and near the tree there was this kind of concrete built table um with a road on it and stuff it was for kids to play with cars but it that became our gotham city and yeah that's <laughs> we used great. to play it we used to have all sorts of fun with that man oh that's awesome how good is finding an object like that where you can just like breathe life into it and let your imagination take over that's that's the best. that's it it's proper it's just being a child isn't it you know yeah. yep. I, I think it's a bit different nowadays unfortunately but the, yeah, that that was just being a kid for me. It was finding fun in every, everything and playing with everything, you know. Yeah, that's great. All right, Star Wars, uh, Ghostbusters, Jurassic Park, Batman aside, all the toys. Did you have any other collections or interests, uh, whether it be coins or stamps or all those other little things that kids <sighs> like to get their hands on? Um... Not until I was a bit older, really. I always had the toys and stuff. Yep. Um, but that's okay. when we, I was a kid, can, uh, uh, that's move. a lie. Actually, that's oh. a lie. I'm lying to you now. Lying. Um, You're lying. <laughs> I've just, I've just, and uh, I just remembered. Do you got? Well, you guys probably. I don't know. You might have an equivalent, but obviously, football's a very big thing in this in this country. Yep. Um, or or soccer for the international audience. Um, but we used to have uh, football sticker books and where you, it would be the Premier League and you had all their teams and you had to fill out all the different players with the stickers and things. Yeah, I think uh, we had similar stuff. I think we had that something similar, yeah. Oh, uh, cool. cool. Yeah, me and my brother were always probably about five years' worth of those and we used to try trading and collecting them. I remember my... It it was like the best year ever one year when my dad sent off because you could send off for the ones you didn't have and sort oh, of pay right. them individually like that through straight through the company. Yep. And my did my dad did that for us one year. Um and that was like the best year ever because we completed our books, you know. <laughs> the the sports cards. Uh we, we had trading cards. I remember lots of um yeah. basketball and, and our local rugby league. They they had their cards. I got a feeling okay. now, now you say stickers. I do remember like an uh, a f- like we we call it football as well. Uh, for mm. like rugby league, they call it football as well. Um, I do remember like a sticker because I'm not a big fan of it now. But I remember when I was little, like you just you're a fan of it because you're a fan of you know lots of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do I'm remember. Not, I've never really been a sport person, but yeah. I yeah, I had the sticker books. <laughs> I do remember the sticker books actually. I do. Uh, yeah. But- for here, it was a company called Merlin, and they literally made sticker books out of everything. I had, so I remember I had a Power Rangers one when I was younger as well, original series Power Rangers. So, 
Yeah, they, literally anything you could think of at the time. Sticker books were huge. There was a <laughs> there was a sticker book for everything back then. Yeah. Well, I guess the where I'll go now is is on a Saturday morning. Usually we we get up, we watch cartoons, we have a bit of breakfast. What what was for breakfast on a Saturday? Typically, when in your youth, it's going to sound really really boring for me as a child. But I was always a Weetabix child. Do you have Weetabix? Yeah, yeah. We Do you know? Yeah. I was always a Weetabix child, which basically turns to porridge when you add milk to it. So it, it does. I yeah. Guess, yeah. So I guess that would. Yeah, I just used to love it. I did put sugar on it and that, obviously, but uh, as a kid, but that was my go-to back then. <laughs> um, so I wasn't we, like wasn't pop tarts and things like that. You know, pop tarts didn't really. They were always a treat. This country until yeah. about the two thousands. I always feel like pop tarts were more of a treat. They they. They weren't something that I'd, I would eat all the time. Yeah, they were the kind of thing I only ever had when it was like a sleepover or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's it, totally. While you were growing up, did you have any heroes or role models when you were a child? Luke Skywalker. I don't know about real life ones, to be honest with you, but maybe maybe David Seaman, who was at the time the England goalkeeper. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I've always been kind of a big built guy. I'm about six foot, not not tall or anything, just kind of average. But I've always been pretty big built, so I was always put in defence or in goal. Um, so when it came to my favourite football player, it was kind of naturally a goalkeeper. Um, yeah, David Seaman was someone I used to follow a lot back in the day. Um, and this is my my favourite team was a team called Oxford United, and they st- still are now. They're not. Um, a big league, a huge league team or anything, but it's just my local team that I've always stuck with. Um, but one of their players uh, at the time was a guy called Joey Beecham, and he was he was set for some great things, but then he had some health problems and it, it ruined his career sadly. But he was always I got to meet him once or twice. Um, yeah, and he was just always someone that I looked up to as well. So, yeah. Nice. yeah. Football, a couple of football players, which is unexpected for me because I am not a sporty person at all. But, no, but <laughs> a couple of football you know, uh, fictional heroes, you know. Yeah, obviously there's some memories no. there that that tie back to that. So they they definitely yeah. made an impact. Um, yeah. On your, your early. Oh, life. do you know another one? Uh, it's another. It's another fictional character. But Egon Spengler. Oh, of course. <laughs> Who he was uh, like. Every, everyone, um, I, I, I like all the Ghostbusters equally, really, but Egon's intelligence just kind of tipped him over the edge for me. He was always my favourite uh, when I was a kid anyway. yeah. I always, one of my favourite Egon memories from the uh, the real Ghostbusters was when Uncle Cyrus <laughs> comes, comes to town. Yeah, I had that one on VHS. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, I think Cyrus, he's playing around with the, the containment unit and, uh, pulls the the evacuation trigger, whatever it is, and then everything's released, and then it's just a big rush to go and capture everything again. I just just one of my favourite Egon memories of uh, yeah. <laughs> the old cartoon. Out pops, out pops the uh, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. That's right, <laughs> he does too, and he thinks he's cute. And he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Uncle Cyrus never sees any of it because his glasses keep getting knocked off. Yes. He's constantly on his, on, on the ground looking. It's at not until 
it's not until they're fixing the problem with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man that he sees how important Egon's job really is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he wanted him to go back and uh, work in a, a, was it a vet or some sort of animal lab? That's right. It was a lab, yeah, with <laughs> doing tests on mice. <laughs> Classic. I think a lot of your hobbies and interests have definitely carried over into adulthood. Um, just a bit. <laughs> the toys have just got bigger and more expensive. I was going to say, which, which ones in particular? Like, which 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 has been there the whole time and carried on between like childhood and now? I guess Star Wars uh, would be huge. Yes, so Star Wars. Even though I didn't really go down, I've never really been down the sort of costume inside of Star Wars. I want to. I've just never yeah. taken that up. But I've. Um, Star Wars is like the one thing I never stop buying toys for, <laughs> you know, because um, Hasbro and Kenner and then Hasbro have made good toys over the years. I mean, the quality is not that great these days with the new films. So I don't know why. But you look at even the 90s toys when you had the massive over the top muscles and things, they were still good quality toys with, you know, um, but I never stopped. I've never stopped buying Star Wars toys. Um Obviously, when I was a kid, it was like everything. But as I got older, it was the more selected favorites and things. You know, ship maybe a ship that I didn't have when I was younger that I always wanted. Yeah. Um, I did that with the B-wing. <laughs> Bought a B-wing in Toys R Us when I was like sixteen. That's got to be um, my. Uh, that's got to be my favorite <laughs> ship. Like, the B-wing. Uh, it was oh, so good. Yeah, it was an. It was a um, exclusive to Toys R Us. Dagger Squadron B-Wing. I don't know if you if you remember Dagger Squadron. They were in comic books, I think. Okay, no, I don't. I don't remember. Um, uh, they were in a comic series or something. Um, I can't remember exactly, but they um, there's only four of them. It's like a special. It's like a special forces squadron or something. You know, specialist group anyway. Um, and rather than numbers, they're colours. So you have um, black dagger, red dagger, green dagger, and maybe blue or white dagger, something like that. Um, and this, while while the toy only came with the squadron leader as the pilot, you got you had stickers. The sticker sheet um, had all of the different colours on and stuff, so you could customise to whichever one you wanted, wow. which yeah, is pretty no, cool. I've, I've... Never yeah. heard of that. I, I, just, I just wrote it down. I'm going to look it up and read about it. Uh, it's, it's a cool, yeah. I did. Look, I never owned the book or comic that they were in, but I did read up on it in the back in the days when intellectual properties were online. Uh, be, uh, say that again. When intellectual properties were a bit easier to find online. Yep. You know? <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm trying to think of other things like that. Well, um, Jurassic Park is is a big thing. That yeah, I was going to say life. Jurassic Park was another one. I always collected. I mean, Jurassic Park is a huge thing in my life now, and I had. Um, I I used to collect some. I always had lots of the dinosaurs and stuff, but I didn't have some of the bigger ones. Um, so throughout the years, I collected a few of the bigger dinosaurs as well. Guys, oh, did you remember Dino Riders? Was that around when you were little? It was a thing, but I never. It was never a thing that I got into. I, I guess I just never sort of saw it. Yeah. Um. 
yeah i i remember stuff and i remember some of my friends having the toys and things but it was just not something that i particularly engaged with but you you're in a, a jurassic park costuming group of some sort is that right yeah, so well it's it's kind of fledgling. We we started it 2018, 2019 kind of time. Um and we've done a couple of things, but obviously since then you've we've had the pandemic and yeah. that's been fantastic. Uh, um yeah, we've uh throughout, well uh, yeah, we've had the uh, thing that shall not be named as well, but um we we called ourselves Jurassic World Europe. Okay. <laughs> Um, and because obviously the majority of us in there are, are big Jurassic Park fans from the beginning, but it's um, Jurassic World's the current name of the franchise, and yeah. we thought we just thought there's there's a thing on in the original uh, Jurassic Park. I can't remember. Is it the? I think it's the Azores Archipelago or something like that, and it's. I'm trying to remember where in the world it is, but it's on a screen in the background as an eventual place for a Jurassic Park Europe. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and so we're kind of running as if that happened. Um, so we were we haven't done it yet because of the pandemic stopping the world, but we um, we were going to make flyers for it and things, design a flyer for it and a map and stuff and. Just so when we do these events, we can act like it's a real thing, and um, we want. I guess there's kind of a role play side to it. It's not just the costuming. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah, yeah. So when we go to events and we've got a table and everything set up, we wanted to set it up as if we were like, you know, when zoos go to places, they a zoo might visit a school or something, and they'll bring a few animals and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, um, that's really cool. Yeah. We, yeah, we wanted it to be like that experience. Essentially, a mini, the eventual thing we wanted to do was so it felt like when you go to Universal Studios, the Jurassic World area there, um, we wanted it to feel like you were a mini version of that. Yep. So we were trying to come up with some interactive things and, yeah. I remember. I'm even, even been uh, looking into working on animatronics and stuff like that to try and build some simple moving dinosaurs and things it's yeah <laughs> i've seen some really cool stuff with puppets so like they're, they're nursing the dinosaur and obviously it's a puppet and they're, they're interacting with children and stuff it just looks so cool yeah i did i i did that at one event with a um with a velociraptor puppet it was just the standard um hasbro made i think jurassic world one um which it's not the best, but I, I painted it up a bit and added some detail and things and it wrapped it in a blanket, you know, and it, it, it did the job really well. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Uh, I think you guys will do a great job. I love it. Yeah, we've got um, one of my buddies. Uh, he owns a couple of the cars that he's getting done up now um, in all the movie paintwork and stuff. So we're, we're, we're hoping to have some real decent displays um i've got i've got a little like reptile tank that's got some um compies in it you know the little green ones from the lost world yep yeah we've got um there's a company called Schleich, i think something like that they they make um toys basically <laughs> but they're, they're they're the 
uh, you normally find them on a shelf and there's just a load of them. Um, just sort of basic dinosaur toys, but they're really well detailed. So I've got this reptile tank that's got four four of their compies in it, and they're about about third or half the size of a real of a real of the sort of realistic size compie. So there are like hatchling compies that we've got to show people. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I was, yeah. Obviously, they stay still in there, um, but I've got a couple that are fighting over a, a rubber fish. <laughs> uh, so I, I was trying to find a way to build this platform that would sit underneath them because um, it's there's dirt and stuff in the tank, so it was going to sit under the dirt to be hidden, but um, that would just sort of rock them side to side, so it looked like they were pulling at it. That's. But I've I've not. Uh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, that's that's going to be so cool. Uh, it w- it'll be cool when I can figure it out, but I've just not quite mastered it. I did. Uh, you seen? If you've seen, it's like a very basic kids, almost board game where you got the little tiny plastic fishing rod and you have to catch the fish out as they move. Yeah, usually like um, they're, they're piranhas as well, and they like they they yeah they, yeah they open yeah because um, they're normally on like a turning platform. So I bought one of those and I was taking that apart and tinkering with it, but I just couldn't quite get it to work how I wanted to. So we're back to square one, but <laughs> I'll figure it out. You will figure it out. I definitely know you will. Um, what did you want to be when you were little, man? Like, did you have any aspirations or fantasy or or, or real? Like, um, it's actually the same answer you gave in one of your previous episodes with Ghostbuster. Yes, <laughs> as we and, and like you, I kind of achieved it. We did. Yeah. So <laughs> that was that was my thing when I got a bit older and sort of wiser to the world my realistic answer was zookeeper okay. um I, I used to love animals like i still do but but do you reckon yeah, that's I, also I love, stemmed I, from jurassic park probably it's probably probably related to that in some way because like i say like i said earlier about the designing the bedroom thing we did at school that um that design involved like a a small dinosaur enclosure that I look after a dinosaur in and things like that, you know. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so it's just probably come from Jurassic Park, but um, I did get I did achieve that slightly. In I did a sort of temporary uh, three month thing at a zoo. Um, it was a private zoo. Um, they do training for TV and films and stuff. Um, there was no Tiger King. That was pretty there. cool. No, not quite. <laughs> we did have a couple. Of, we did have a couple of tiger cubs um, at the time, kind of Labrador-sized. They were not quite cubs, like Labrador-sized tigers at the time. Um, two brothers that you did have to, even even at that size, you had to have two of you in the enclosure to watch each other's back because they would have had you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were they were awesome. I used to love going to them because. That um, tigers tigers have a purr, and it's this weird sound that I'm not going to try and make now. But yeah, you can. It is possible to make the same noise. Um, and you do that. You go to the cage, and you make the sound, and they'll come rub up against the cage for a cuddle, and you make that noise to them and stuff. I wouldn't recommend it when you just visit the zoo normally. <laughs> obviously, you have to get to know. <laughs> obviously, you have to get to know these animals. But um, yeah. That was cool. I, I I miss that a lot. I would love to work with animals again. I used to, uh, I kept, 
I, excuse me, I kept birds when I was, birds are a big thing for me. I kept birds when I was, um, pro when I started working. So around the age of 16 um, and could spend my own money, you know, <laughs> um, because my, I grew up around birds. My dad and my uncle, um, they always raised birds and bred birds, um, Australian birds mostly for my dad. Okay. Um, I say, what, what sort of birds? Yeah, yeah. Zebra finches. Um, so a lot of Australian finches, that kind of thing. Um, I I went into more parakeet side of things when I did it. I had um, rosellas. Yep. Yeah, I had a couple of rosellas. They were actually they weren't. So I did breed birds and things. Um, as well, but I my rosellas were sort of pet birds. They were in the house. We had uh, Reuben and Corky. <laughs> nice. They were awesome. Yeah, we often have a couple um, of rosellas out the back. They uh they well we we did have a giant massive gum tree out the back. Uh, but okay, the people that own the land they they're trying to sell it to um build units on the land. So they knock, oh. they knock down the gum tree, and now it's just a giant. That's a thing for you as well, is it? Yeah, right. I, I I don't know about Australia, but in this country, literally every bit of land that can be sold to build tiny houses on is being sold to build tiny houses on. <laughs> yeah, so apparently, it's just a nightmare. I don't think anyone really wants to buy this land. So fortunately, nothing's happened to it yet. But we lost the massive tree, and that's where the uh, we had cockatoos oh. and uh, rosellas and stuff, and they'd live in the tree. No, that's a bit sad. I never went cockatoo. I had a cockatiel. Okay. A bit smaller. The, the smaller, yeah, smaller fellas. But um, I'm trying to think what else I had. I had kakarikis, but I think they're New Zealand. Yeah, I think they are. Uh, as opposed to us. Yeah. yeah. Cool. They're a, a lot like rosellas, just slightly smaller and different noises. Um, I say a lot like rosellas. I'm, I'm trying not to go too, because I can go off into like real deep dives here, but I don't need to. For a future episode, we can we can deep dive into whatever we like. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I'll save it for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of think I will move on to. So you did mention your career in the railway. Uh huh. Uh, was that uh, something that came about because of your interest in? Tra oh, I guess from living across from the, tr the the trains, but also with things like Thomas the Tank Engine and, and any sort of pop culture stuff. Like, did it ever influence that side of it to get A into that? Bit. Uh, so. When I, like I said, when I grew up a bit, I wanted to do zookeeping. Um, they're sort of as as different as the polar opposite as the two are. The the sort of second idea, if that didn't work out, was railway. Yeah. Um, because it's very it's such a prominent thing in our area. It wasn't difficult career to get into. Um. But, I mean, originally, when I was still at school and things, the idea was um, game design and things like that. Um, I I wanted to work on the sort of more story side of video games, but obviously, to get into that career at all, you have to go down the whole route of computing and everything. Um, yep. So, I did computers at college, um, but it was, <laughs> it was kind of pointless in the end because I did a year or two of college doing computers but I I was at the end of the kind of HTML 
website age and everything. So I learned all of that stuff and then came out of college and none of it was relevant anymore. <laughs> Definitely moves very quickly. Oh, it does. It really does. And it just it put an end to that. And that's kind of, I, um, I had a couple of birds at that point already and that's when i kind of went actually i'd quite like to do this as a career you know yeah um that didn't pan out but only really because there used to used to be the zoos would take people on like an apprenticeship and train you up you know um but these days it's kind of changed around that sort of time unfortunately and they all wanted uni degrees because apparently sitting in a room and reading about animals rather than hands-on experience is, is more qualified. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, wanted, they wanted that. I did nearly get a job at a zoo, and um, probably about four hours away from where I live, and they were really honest with me, and they said, we were very keen to hire you, but obviously the distance would mean you have to move, and that's such a big because I was only like 17, 18 at the time and they were like that's such a big thing for someone your age we're not yeah they were really good and they were really honest and so I took that and just sort of rode with it and decided that if I couldn't get it local it wasn't for me yeah. then I ended up on the railway my my stepdad because um, my parents broke up when I was 12, 13 um, it, it wasn't anything too bad, you know, it's nothing anyone's got to worry about. It, their, their relationship just kind of fell apart, and, and like it does for some people, you know. Yeah, understand. Um, and they... Um, both my parents got new partners quite quickly, to be honest. Um, and my step, But my stepdad um, worked with my mum at the time, and then he got a job on the railway. And I'd, I'd kind of grown out of that super interested side of being on the railway. Um, but it was always there with me a bit. I always enjoyed seeing the trains and things. Um, so when he got on the railway and he was like, you know, oh, you should get on board kind of thing. Um, so when, when I did, I, I applied four times, I think four different jobs. Um, and the fourth interview was the job I got, but I didn't actually get it until six months after. Oh, Jesus. Um, that's, that's a long I was, time. Yeah, I was sort of... Sorry, go on. <laughs> say, that, that's a long time. Like, Yeah, it, it was a weird setup. I was basically second place. Um, and the guy that did get the job um, made a massive boo-boo that ended up with him no longer having a job. Oh. Um, so they called me up and asked if I was still after it. So I sort of bit their arm off and took the job. <laughs> um, yeah, and nearly 10 years later, I'm still there. Wow. Yeah. I have been always fascinated by trains. It has been something that I I do enjoy watching and looking at. They're just, they're majestic to watch with all the, well, more so like steam trains with all the moving parts. It's just like, it's just. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like clockwork. I say I I made that sound like trains haven't had much of an impact on my life. Once I <laughs> once I got back onto the railway, um, I, well, once I got my job on the railway, I kind of there's a thing I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but I, definitely on uh, British railways they 
say that if you're here for more than six months, you're you're sort of on the railway for life, you know. And it's very much, I think that's very much the case, you know, that it's that we call it the railway family. Yep. Um, and I think that's a worldwide thing, I think, because we've got, I'm in some sort of staff groups on Facebook and on Facebook and stuff, and we have got some uh, Australian guys in there and stuff, you know. So I think it is a bit of a worldwide uh, camaraderie. Well, that's, that's awesome that but, you've got that connection with work with people all around the world. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's weird because, like, I don't know, there's been a few accidents recently on railways um, around the world, and you do really feel it for them because you, I guess you have that insider knowledge of what it means um, because obviously there's been an accident, but there's a whole ton of crap that comes with that. Um, right. And you know what that means and you know how bad it can be and stuff. And, yeah, it's, it's weird, but... I've definitely, to be a bit lighter on it, I've definitely, after getting my job, I did deep dive back into the whole railway thing. Like, I volunteered on a steam railway for about five years. Uh, Family stuff just meant that I didn't have time for it anymore, you know. They they still try to get me back into it, because I was on the board of directors for it for a year or two. Because I'm someone that's always got big ideas. Whether they work or not, that's another thing. But... (laughs) But I'm someone someone that's always got big ideas, so um, it's called the Chelsea and Wallingford Railway, if anyone ever wants to look it up, and we've made some massive progress over the last few years um, in terms of the original station site was uh, in a town called Wallingford, little English market town sort of thing you see in the movies. Um, but the original station there was demolished. Um, so when the preservation group took it over. They sort of built a new station, but for like 30 years, it's just not really changed. It's just been this very simple platform. Um, But I guess I'm not going to take full credit for it, but through some connections that I had, because we've had, um, just to explain a little, we've had electrification of the, Great Western main line, which is where I work. So there's been a lot of old buildings coming out to make way for uh, pylons and stuff like that. Um, so I've, through me and a few others that volunteer there and stuff, we've um, managed to secure those buildings because we had the insider knowledge to know where they were coming from and stuff and who to talk to. Well, so we've got, um, yeah, yeah, we've had some real awesome changes happen. Um, a proper station now <laughs> all that kind of stuff and it's attracted you know you do your railway up and it attracts bigger things so we've got some nice steam engines that are interested in being moved to our railway and things you know it's it's, it's really turned around over the last few years um i'll get you to send me a yeah. link and um i'll whack it in the description so people can have a look yeah go for it that'd be cool before we get into our final questions I'll do, a yep. bit of fun, I'll do a little bit of fun stuff. So, okay. As, as you might know, I do play sound effects every now and again, depending on what I've got lined up. So I'll play a couple of sounds, yep. and you can just uh, tell me about, like, a memory associated with the sound. Okay. So here is sound number one. 
PS2. That is the PlayStation 2. Very good. It worked. <laughs> it worked over the internet. Fantastic. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a pretty cool Just memory? Just about worked over the internet. Yeah, we, we got there. Um, do, you have a, do you have a cool memory with PlayStation 2, man? Several, but um, I mean, it, it comes over from the PlayStation 1, but Dino Crisis, um, which I guess comes from the Jurassic Park thing, but if people don't know Dino Crisis, Dino Crisis is essentially uh, made by Capcom, uh, but it's essentially Resident Evil with dinosaurs. Um, but it was also, it, it was a little bit Time Crisis too, wasn't it? Like it was like an on-rails shooter sort of thing? There is Time Crisis. I don't know if they are related or not. Okay. Because yeah, um, I never really played Time Crisis much. Roger. Um, but Dino Crisis, yeah, that's it. Like I say, it's literally... Um, the setting's different, obviously, in-game, but the mechanics are very, very similar to the original Resident Evil games. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it means that for me. And um, Lord of the Rings... I think it was called Lord of the Rings, the third age. It was like a role play game kind of thing. You had basically like a second fellowship running behind the main fellowship, helping sort of helping in the background kind of thing. You know how they like to do tie-ins and stuff. Yeah. It sounds like a great way to make a game that doesn't have to connect, but it's, it's almost there. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, normally those games are terrible, but this game was awesome. (laughs) Um, you know, you got to customize your characters and stuff like that. Um, level them up, and yeah, it was it was like I say, role play game. Um, I used to do the Lord of the Rings miniatures. Um, I think someone mentioned that in a previous one of yours as well. <laughs> but um, they, um, I try. I used to make the characters from that game, uh, customize the figures into the characters from that game and stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so that's PlayStation 2 for me is, is those two games. <laughs> I did have another sound effect which would be very related to you and it's it's probably more of the same, but I'm going to play it anyway. On. Here we go. Life uh, finds a way. <laughs> I mean, that's not, uh, that's, you know, that's not really a memory for me. It's more my life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's, yeah, I've, yeah, <laughs> that, that's got a lot of meaning for me. So just in life in general, because it is such a, when you, when it comes down to it, that quote can be generalized for so much, yeah. um, that is kind of a life philosophy, you know, life does um, find a way in one way or another, yeah. life, life finds a way and it catches up. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. That's, that's what that means for me. It's a lot simpler explanation. I tend to go off on tangents, but that's, yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's that for me. Beautiful. My life philosophy. Excellent. <laughs> All right, a couple more silly questions, and then we'll get into the, the real meat. Um, which one will I pick here? We'll go with, would you rather shoot out of your hands oh. electricity or birdseed? Um... <laughs> Oh man! Do you know what? Most people instantly probably say electricity, right? Yeah. But I'm actually really, I'm really stuck on this one because I like birds. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's why, that's why I love this question. And I, I I tend to throw electricity or something else, and then I tie it back into what we've already spoken about. It's so funny. Oh no! 
I guess it depends what way I wanted to go with it. Like, if I wanted, if I had this power and I was like, I'm going to be a superhero because, of course, that's where you'd go if you had a power like that. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd say electricity. But if I, if I was very career orientated and I was in that sort of zoological field that I wanted to be in, I'd go birdseed. Yeah. I can't really, I find it hard to pick just one. <laughs> I'll say I'll, I'll go electricity for the practicality. Okay. I'll go electricity. All right. Uh, second one would be I'm going to go with if there was a theme park uh, ride based on your life, what would the what sort of ride would it be? Roller coaster. Roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no doubt about that. Any, any, or any... a um, or a horror maze. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, horror maze. What what sort of monsters will we find in the horror maze of your life? Oh god! Um, not to get too dark, okay. but probably. I mean, on the fun side of my life, because I grew up on as much as I grew up on these sort of fandoms. Uh, I don't like to say nerdy, but nerdy fandoms. Mate, own, um, own the nerd. Horror, horror movies. Sorry. Own own the nerd. Yeah, fair enough. All right. As much as I I lived these fandoms, um, horror is kind of another fandom of mine. So there there'd definitely be some iconic horror bit characters in there. You know, your Freddy and Jason kind of thing. Beautiful. But um, to be a little dark with it, there'd probably be something to some sort of like depression thing in there because I've I'm someone that suffered with depression a lot through life and. I've actually, so I had COVID back in this, at the beginning of December, and I'm uh, at this time I'm actually still off work with long COVID. It's sort of kicked my ass, you know. Um, but I'm um, mentally, weirdly, I'm mentally the best I've been for a long time. Um, I, I was really struggling for a long time because um, I had. <sighs> Hey, this is where it gets a bit dark. I had a couple of fatalities at work, so that's people choosing to end their life on the railway. That would um, be pretty yeah. hardcore. To, to... Yeah, the the first one is the main one that affects affected me. Yeah. Um, and that was about six months into my career. Um, it was uh, it, my brother's friend. It, it was a friend of my brother's, so, and he chose to end his life on the station I happened to be at that day. Jeez, um that's hard. and yeah that was very difficult to get through because obviously I, I didn't know his friend but i knew that connection and lots of people that around me knew him so I, his face was everywhere on like social media and stuff um and having seen the sites that i saw that day <laughs> um not to be too dark but i you know i was tiptoeing through pieces of of the guy um, seeing his face everywhere made it really difficult for me. Um, Can't even imagine. And for a long time, I didn't realize I had a problem. Um, it was literally two years later, I had another one on the same station. That station used to be a bit of a, an area for it. Luckily, it's not these days. <laughs> that second one was kind of the last one we've had for a long time. Um, but yeah, the second one there, I was completely disconnected from that other than the fact that I was there. Um, so I found that one much easier to deal with, but it was then 
that I kind of realized that I had a problem from the first one. Um, so I, I did seek help and I got help and um, work kind of missed it at the time. Like they're really good at talking to the train drivers um, and looking after the train drivers. But the guys on the stations kind of get forgotten about a little bit sometimes when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. But once I realized I had a problem, I could talk to occupational health and they have all sorts of programs and things. They were really, really good. Um, and they helped me a lot, but I've, I'd suffered with depression from my teens as well and things. So it wasn't the first time. Yeah. That's what I mean by the roller coaster ride or the horror maze, because I just had a lot of crap things happen when I was younger. Let's put them together. Yeah, friends. It's, it's, a, it's a giant horror yeah. maze with a roller coaster smashing through it. Yeah, basically, that yeah. would be it. Not to be too dark. I don't mean to make it too depressing and stuff, you know, but uh, that's, that's, where, that's where that comes from. It's that's not, where that comes from. It's not a matter of making it too depressing. It, it's also good to address uh, mental health, I think. Um, if I, I think so, yeah. I'm a big advocate for mental health. Yeah. I do... Um, so I do a lot of health and safety stuff at work. I'm a, my area's health and safety officer. Um, and I've kind of a, adopted mental health side of things as well. I did some mental health training. Um, I'm not like a qualified counsellor or anything, but I did what they call mental health first aiders. Okay. And it's kind of halfway there. It's someone, someone you can talk to if, you, if you're not feeling great. That's, that's um, a really cool idea. I, I, I yeah. haven't heard of that. Uh, in our workplaces, mm. yeah, it was. I, I mean, it's kind of it was quite funny in a way because um, obviously, I, I like I say, I've been through some really bad stuff. Um, so some people, like my boss at the time as well, wondered if it was a good idea for me to do it. Yeah, but being able to talk and share those experiences and stuff is really important, and it helps. You know, as much as people don't like to talk about it, it helps to talk about it. Definitely, so, definitely. I'm going to say, you know, for anyone that is listening, if you are, you know, not feeling yourself or feeling a bit low, then definitely talk to absolutely anyone. Um, I agree. You know, there's charities all over the world. So talk to them, talk to a friend, whoever. If, if Whoever's willing to listen is, what, is who you should seek out. Absolutely. And I'm always here to listen. If anyone wants to speak to me, I can, I can listen all day. Uh, all right, we'll get on to the, the final questions as we ramp on to the end. Uh, what do you hope to achieve by 50? Man, do you know what? I just want... To, <laughs> it's very strange because it's, it's a, again, similar answer to someone you talked to, I think, in the last episode that I listened to. But... Um, just want to secure the future for my family. You yep. know, yep. Like I said, important. I've got two kids and stuff. Just, yeah. just want to. I, we rent at the moment, so I want to get to a point where I can own my own home. That's a sort of a home that will be our forever home, and that my kids can come to as I get older, whenever they need to. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, what is the yeah. the house buying market like in your area? ridiculous <laughs> yeah. there's a reason i'm still renting you know it's um especially the closer you get to london so Oxfordshire is not close to london but it's only like an hour and a half hour maybe to drive yeah um and it's 
the closer you get to London, the more ridiculous house prices are. And just and it's stupid over here. It seems to be done by uh, county borders. So we're not far. I'm literally about 20 minutes away from a town called Swindon, uh, which is in Wiltshire. Um, I'm like I said, like I said at the beginning, I'm in Oxfordshire. This uh, Wiltshire is about 20 minutes away, um, and the house prices there can be as as low as half the price of the houses here. Wow. It's I, I don't understand. I don't get how it's been allowed to do that over the years, but it has. And yeah, so it's it's a really crap situation if you want to buy a house. You have to have a ridiculous amount of money up front to begin with. Yeah. Um, you know. I'm in a small, I rent a small two-bedroom house. Um, we pretty much live on top of each other here, and this house sold for nearly 300 grand when the lady that we rent from bought it. Okay, wow. So that's, for us, that's about 600. I think we have to double. Okay. Yeah. What's what's that like for you, house price-wise? Um, <clears throat> so it'd be... If you paid, or if they paid three hundred thousand pounds, uh, we're looking at six hundred thousand um, dollars. Yep. Now there's a place not far from where I'm living, and it went for one point three million, uh, which would, for you would be like seven, just under seven hundred thousand. Yeah. Uh, and it's crazy to to me to think like there's a house somewhere in my local suburb that has gone for like over a million dollars. I'm like, what? That's... what? What's the, what's the size of that house? Do you know? Um, <clears throat> it's a fairly large, uh, like when I drove past it the other day, it, it's a, it's a large house. Mm. It's okay. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a small little, little shack or, you know, a, a box on a box yeah. or anything. Um, but for something like that, with, yeah. a, with a small, so my, my, okay. So my brother and his wife bought a, three bedroom uh unit uh it has like a garage yep. down the bottom uh down the uh, living area kitchen and then you go upstairs to the three bedrooms with a bathroom and they paid okay. they paid half a million which for you would be like um 250 ish yeah yeah that's a bit less than here i i think a three bedroom house around here you're talking four hundred thousand. Um, if not more, depending on the other stuff that's with the house, you know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about telling, telling you what I pay out. But we rent this, like I say, it's a tiny two bedroom house. It is literally two bedrooms, bathroom, uh, and downstairs is just a very small kitchen and a living room. Um, and we're paying a grand a month okay. for that for that privilege. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, um, I don't know, that might not sound like a lot for some areas but um it's a lot here really you can get a similar size house like i say over the border like 20 minutes away with the with neighboring counties oh, i can literally get a house for this size house for less than half that but yeah the difficult thing is the difficult thing is all our families around here and um my wife's parents are older now they're both in their 80s and um She's, we're in a village just because I, I, like I say, I grew up in Didcot, but we're in a village just outside Didcot now. Um, my wife's sort of lived here her whole life. Uh, she's a little older than me as well. So I hope, like I say, my, my parents were in their, in their 60s. Hers are in their 80s. Yep. Um, 
Yeah. So it's it, you, we kind of just want to be around the family and things, you know. Yep. Yeah. I guess, I guess well, one day we one day we want to move to Cornwall, which is like it's stupid to say, but it's like British California. You know, it's the surf surf capital of the UK and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, right. All nice sandy yeah. beaches and stuff. So we love it down there. So we 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 holiday there every year. So we'd like to retire there one day. Hopefully, you get to. You get to do that, man. Uh, so what? What do you fear? Uh, so we, we can we can talk about like, like buying a houses, but basically the question is, what do you fear uh, about getting older and getting to that that dream? You know what? Fear. Uh, I don't want to make it dark again, but fear for me is just death. Yeah. Um, just not since, being around. Uh, like I'm, uh, yeah, and I mentioned, I mentioned, um, you know, the stuff at work with my brother's friend and that um, kind of a hangover from that. Death never used to be a, a big deal for me, um, but since then, I've had an irrational fear of death. I think, I think, um, like I can't talk about my own or my family's deaths, uh, well, potential death, future death, whatever without ending up in a panic attack. It's really weird. I can talk about it like this. This is fine. Um, but it's big. Obviously there's something there I need to deal with and I, I'll get there eventually, but, <laughs> but there's, yeah, death is the main thing for me, but being alone as well, I think doing something, the idea that, my family want nothing to do with me or something like that. That could, that, that's, that's scary, you know? Um, yeah, real, real, I guess, kind of darker fears. They're not, but yeah, that's my fears for getting older. <laughs> okay. no, that's, uh, I think you, you share, share that with a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people that, 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 have that train of thought. Uh, all right, we'll make this brighter. What is one thing you're deeply proud of in your life so far? My kids. Yep. Yeah, I, I, definitely my kids. You know, they, they can be hard work at times, but <laughs> they all <laughs> can't they all? Yeah, they all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm proud of my kids. I, you know, they're, they're generally good kids. They have their moments. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, that the uh, other. I'm. I, I don't know what else really. Other thing would probably be one of the buildings that I mentioned the railway earlier. One of the buildings that I helped secure there. Um, it's officially opening this year. Um, it's a big canopy, massive canopy uh, that was used as a shed back in the day on on one station but it's over 150 years old um it was original isambard kingdom brunel built if if you don't know him he's kind of like the granddaddy of railways in my region um (laughs) it's it's his design so this is it's like proper old school railway you know and um i helped secure that and now it's rebuilt and in its all, all, all its original glory, you know, it looks fantastic where it is now. Um, so that's one another thing I'm proud of in a kind of different sense. Yeah, no, you can look at that and you go, man, I 
I did my part in that and I restored something. Yeah, exactly. And other people can now appreciate that. And it's a bit of history that uh, people get to experience. Yeah. All right. So to wrap off our, uh, our journey there, what's a message that you'd send back to 10 year old Oliver? Don't give a fuck what people think. Yeah. That that would be my thing because I spent so much of my time, like I said, I was a sensitive kid and I worried about what people thought and just so dumb, really, looking back on it. I worried so much about... I had people that I called friends that really treated me like shite and were a bunch of douchebags, but I, I tried so hard to impress them back then and... I don't need that kind of toxic people in my life. And I wish I could just tell myself that now, yeah. back then. Um, I, certainly, yeah. I share that sentiment, man. I certainly do. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go over our final question uh, before we wrap it up. What is happiness? Oh. You know what? Like I say, I've listened to the podcast. I'm caught up to the latest episode and I knew this question was coming. <laughs> I tried to think about it. I tried to think about it, and I think happiness is just doing what you love and not hurting people while you do it. Spot on. You know? Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I, I can't put it any simpler. No, that, that's perfectly uh, simple. Simple is perfect. Okay. <laughs> it really is. Um, all right, mate. Well, Thank you so much for uh, dropping by via the internet. It's been an absolute no blessing. Um, you have been one of my longest friends. Um, no, it's crazy. Isn't it ridiculous. <laughs> I um, think we've only actually only physically met once as well, which is you know. We did. I travelled over to yeah. um, to the UK once, and we we met up and had a burger, which was just we did brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, it was nice. Good times. One day I will maybe maybe well I was gonna say one day I'll return. Uh, but hopefully you you can come over and check out Australia sometime. I think that'd be really cool too. Uh, just uh, another influential person I missed in my life earlier was Steve Irwin, um, uh, yep. and he's always given me a love of Australia and everything. And I know he's a very cliche for you guys, but <laughs> for me for me he was like. I don't know. He he's one of the reasons I love animals so much. I can't believe I forgot that earlier, but it's just popped back into my head. And yeah, so I've always wanted and will one day be able to get to Australia. So who knows? Maybe one day we'll do one of these podcasts again, and it'll be face to face. I hope so. I, I'm going to take you up on it. We'll do that. Uh, like I said, we will do something else and maybe deep dive into your birds. And I want to hear all about the birds. Yeah, I, I think I've got to say you did a very good job at not, obviously we have connection through Ghostbusters and you did a good job at not diving into that too deeply with the whole uh, 2016 situation. <laughs> that will <laughs> definitely be for another time and uh, yeah, we will break that Ghostbusters down a special. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I actually, <laughs> when you, when you mentioned it before, like when, you know, uh, off air, uh, I, when you said 2016, I sort of had to think back because that's how much I just sort of put it out of my head now. I'm like, 2016? Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. 
I will say one thing about it, a little controversial. I remember when we did meet up, it was around the time that, not long after that came out. Yes. And you, yes. you, you, um, you or the young lady you were with at the time asked me what I thought of it. Yeah. Um, and I remember my answer was pleasantly surprised, I think. Yeah. And that was definitely riding the hype train. Having seen it, having seen it a few times since, and my kids have got it on DVD and stuff. Having seen it a few times since, I appreciate what they were going for, but it's a garbage movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> One of the the easiest way I like to talk about it is there's a scene in the original where Egon has the PKE meter, and he yep. is using it. He's detecting ghosts, but not once does he tell the audience or anyone else in the room, what he's doing. We know what he's doing. Yep. 2016, uh, one of the characters has a PKE meter. It's this big purple yep. thing that flops around, and someone has to say, what are you doing? And then she replies, oh, this is a PKE meter. It detects ghosts. Yeah. But I think that's, that is a perfect explanation of the two movies. Like one treats you, treats you with respect and it knows that you're smart enough to figure out what's going on and the other one just slaps you in the face. Yeah, but I think the other one also wanted to make a point that the people that, well, I guess the people making it might have felt that us fans watching it um, were stupid anyway, <laughs> you know. <laughs> kind yeah. of feels like they were having a dig in, in some parts of that movie. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. There are some parts I enjoy, and I, I know a lot of people. I know there's a lot of controversy with this character, in particular. But I, Patty was probably saving grace of that movie for me. Like her one-liners and stuff were probably the part that felt the most like the original film. Yeah. Um, and the, the equipment in it was pretty cool, but for other than other than that, I yeah, it fell flat. Yeah, we'll. we'll... We'll get into that another time, and uh, yeah, I was going to say I've made you go da- go into it now, but <laughs> but yeah, that was that was it. That, that, that's all I'll say for now. Beautiful. All right, mate. It's been lovely. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks for joining me. I hope so. I look forward to next time. All right. Bye, dude. Bye, bye.